This is the Legacy Builder Podcast, show number 13. I love to lift people up. I love to pat people on the back. I love to say how awesome. I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's if we go back and we, we put myself on a couch and we had a therapist, maybe it's because I didn't feel like I got that enough as a, <laughs> as a kid. And so I, you know, no woe is me, but I own it. I own it. You're listening to the Legacy Builder Podcast, seeking out successful people to learn how they got their start, what drives them, and what they want their legacy to be. This show is to document the success of the people around us and have it to learn from for years to come. If you're here to be inspired, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and enjoy the conversation. Welcome in to the Legacy Builder Podcast, show number 13. This is Chris Gibson, along with my co-host, Megan Gibson. And we would like to welcome you in today to a a special episode of the Legacy Builder Podcast. I say special because this is one of my my best friends that I've had since uh, and made since moving to Cashin. And uh, I really think that God put this person in my life because I needed him. And I appreciate the things that he does to help me, that he does to help our community and the things he does to help our school. And uh, I really do appreciate this guest uh, and hold him in very, very high regard and am honored that he was willing to jump on the podcast with us today. And uh, I can't wait for everyone else to hear him speak and hear some of the things that uh, some of the advice that he gives me because uh, I take his advice uh, and and hold it with very high regard, like I said, and um, I'm excited for everybody to kind of get to hear him speak and talk about his life. So without any further ado, we will bring our guest on and I hope you enjoy the conversation. Our guest today on the Legacy Builder podcast is Mr. Nima Nabavi. He is the regional account exec and uh, we'll kind of get into what he does and what his role is there in a little bit. But another thing he is known for here in, in our community of Cashin is he's pretty much the voice of the Cashin Wildcats for every sport <laughs> for right on Cashin Wildcat TV. Fortunately, and, great uh, he's a He's a, you know, my partner on the football side of stuff on the Cash and Wildcat TV, and then just a great friend that I can always count on to uh, give me good sound advice and maybe sometimes tell me, yes, that's a great idea. Maybe that's not a great idea. And then he's just really supportive of pretty much anything I, I bring to him and, and do, and I sure appreciate it. And, so, and I appreciate you jumping on our, our podcast with us today. Yeah, no, I'm super thrilled. I've, uh, I feel almost like uh, this is a... A, a dream come true to be on the opposite side and I have to, you know, drive but still get to talk, right? Uh, but uh, no, I've been following you guys since the get-go. I, I, just an amazing concept podcast here locally. The theme is amazing. And and I just, I'm, I'm proud of you guys. This is awesome. It's been, it's great entertainment, but to, you know, 
know, to your point, getting to listen and hear everyone's story, it kind of helps drive the community even closer together and a little bit, you know, get to rally around folks, get to view people in a different way. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but ultimately I think this is amazing. I'm just thrilled to be a part of, just to be a part of this in the, uh, I guess the opening season. Thank you. <laughs> that, I mean, this is exactly why you're the voice of passion. <laughs> you're the best hype man yeah, there is. Right. Yeah. Hype so good. Everybody. Up. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we appreciate you jumping on and, and, uh, that's the thing. The, I mean, we've, kind of talked about it earlier as we walked in you said you know i'm the only non-business owner that's <laughs> been on the show but it's not we're yeah, we just right. like leaders and people that are successful and uh people that we can learn from and man i have learned a lot from you over the last few years of just getting to ride to a lot of football games together and, and bouncing ideas off each other so i'm glad to have you on because i'm gonna pick your brain today <laughs> so, no pressure so, yeah but nima just go uh Go into kind of what you do uh-huh. um, as an actual job right. uh, and kind of tell us what that is and, and what that looks like on a daily basis. Yeah, it's it's not easy to explain. Uh, in fact, if you were to ask my kids, they still, I don't think, could tell you what I do. <laughs> they just know dad's in his office now post-COVID a lot, and he screams a lot on the phone. But uh, <laughs> I, my title is regional account executive. Uh, I am in the market access payer space. It doesn't sound exciting, but uh, ultimately I, I support. Uh, a, a Fortune 100 company is the largest biotech company in the world. They're based out of California, uh, and uh, we have 25 to 30 products that support oncology, uh, all the way to osteoporosis, uh, cardiovascular disease, asthma, etc., inflammation. And as part of that, um, I work directly with insurers, health plans, health payers like Health Choice Oklahoma or Community Care or Blue Cross Blue Shield of Oklahoma, and uh, and. Oklahoma Medicaid and I and I discuss uh, either updates to our portfolio, updates to indications, but mo- mainly I make sure that uh, people here in the state of Oklahoma, Louisiana, Tennessee, Arkansas have access to our products. Right. So as a commercial as a commercial client, right, if you're out there working and you use the insurance that your employer uses, you're paying for something. I'm making sure that you, as an individual, through your employer and through that health plan, have access to life saving medications that my company makes. That also includes Medicaid. Medicare, Medicare Advantage. So um, I'm mainly on the clinical side, right? I deal, I deal with some negotiation. I do have a couple of direct contract clients that I have to go in and share rates with and, and work through. But mainly I make sure that if there is a need, there is an opportunity to use a product in a FDA approved way uh, that uh, that insurer, that health payer will pay for it for you to get it. Right. So that's it. There's no I wish there was a 90 second elevator pitch on this that's job. Perfect. But, yeah, that was well, it. That's the thing. A lot of people, they know you from Cash and Wildcat right. TV or but what, wait, what does it even do? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. You know, like, uh, but that's I mean, that's a great I mean, rundown of the things that you do there. But um, it's still at a, at a high level and you do it well. Well, so we'll go ahead. How did you get started in something like that? All right, so life story. So yeah, Let's so I, I was I was uh, I was happily working my way through the University of Oklahoma. I was a pre med major, and um, I I took the MCAT. I had, I'll say this: I was obsessive in high school. Like I had a one B in AP Physics, and I swear that guy just hated me. And that was the reason <laughs> I got it. But I got to college, and you know the the you know you get to college, it's a new scenario environment, and so my 
first couple of years of college were a little bit more about having fun than than going to class. And like I wised, every, uh, yeah. College, yeah. yeah. So I finally <laughs> wised up. So my my GPA was average. My MCAT scores were average. I was waitlisted, and I only applied to OU because Boomer Sooner, the growing up in Norman, like there's only one medical school I would ever go to. I love it. And but I was waitlisted, and so my counselor was like, "Nima, you are you're great. You're a great candidate." Right. But you're in a situation where you probably need to make yourself a little bit more more marketable. So they were like, take some graduate classes. So I took some graduate classes in, in physiology and it was like, well, I don't want to go back to medical school. And I got my master's and I was actually headed to the University of Florida. Uh, Elizabeth and I had just gotten married. and I was going to move her to Gainesville, Florida to to start my doctoral work. And I was so fortunate because a buddy of mine had gotten into surgical sales okay. at the time. And this was, you know late 90s 1997 98 i was working on my thesis and he was sharing with me all of the things that were happening for him in in surgical sales and so i i just turned in my resume into three companies merck pfizer and lily uh, merck called me and they flew me down to dallas for a cattle call interview and i was doing my thesis work in osteoporosis they had a faucet but they had an osteoporosis medication and they hired me they hired me as a sales rep so i got into industry into pharma that way and you know we, we we will not tackle the ins and outs the pros and cons of the pharma industry there's a lot of negative you know there's not we're not going to tackle that here today on, on on this podcast but if you want to have a beer with me or a diet dr pepper come by the house <laughs> but but i got in the industry and i thought it was great i got to be clinical i got to not be stuck in an office i was out and about uh, i was in sales it was fantastic and that's kind of how i started uh, in around 1998 and through there i've moved up and have done a lot of different lot of different things uh, i've been very fortunate within uh, the the industry to get my mba they paid for it. One of the companies I worked for paid for my MBA. I was able to get amazing lessons, right? So, you know, these large pharma companies, they, they pull in these resources. So when you think about either your own personal personality assessments and how you view things, but even just how to work in sales, how to work with people. Well, that's one thing I wanted to, you know, pick your brain on is culture and um, sales and how you talk to people because yeah. The more I'm around you and the more I see you and the more I see you interact with people and the things that we've kind of done business-wise together, it's impressive the way – and it it's calculated. You do it for a reason, the way you talk to people. Well, I think it's some genuine, of it. genuinely yeah. calculated. <laughs> but some, yeah. Yeah, some, of the, some yeah. instances, it's like yeah. – but it, it's ingrained in you. And that is it a is. lot of it's because of the training that you've received it, at some of the places it's It is. In. Yeah, and they've, they've poured in – you know, they talk about the amount of money that goes into training somebody going into the pharma industry and then maintaining that. Uh, but yeah, it's I it you know you're right. It it is ingrained. It is a part of my DNA. It's been about something I've done for the last 25 years. And you know, there's parts where you grow, and, and I think that's the most important thing, right? We all have to continue to evolve, whether it's in our own personal life, how we evolve with our kids. You have you know, we talk about parenting a kindergartner is not the same as parenting somebody who's in their mm -hmm. third year of college, right? Yeah. Uh, right. The same with marriage. You're married in your honeymoon stage, but how you interact and work with your with your spouse changes. You have early marriage middle marriage, mm -hmm. you know, and then now Liz and I talk about retirement marriage, right? Yeah. What does that look like, Rich? It was way more exciting than than changing diaper marriage. Yeah. That. Uh, that's where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, when we talk to Brandon and Shannon Cotter, that's what they say. Yeah. Just different seasons yeah. of life and how you, yeah. you know, Adapt maybe. And change. Yeah, in one season it's 
this this and you look back and say well, maybe i made a mistake yeah. in that season but that got us to this season exactly yeah, so. exactly and the same in, in in my industry right so uh my industry is extremely regulated you guys are familiar with regulations right mm -hmm. in terms of laws and policies that bind you tests that you have to take ce everything that you have to do that is even uh, even more because you're dealing with medications that have impact on people's lives right so mm -hmm. uh you know I, I i talk with other guys that are in sales and i go does do, you know if you were to give something incorrect could that potentially impact them and send them to the hospital kill them the answer is no right so and then on the flip side i'm dealing with people who that's you know if you have to deal with a chief medical officer at a, at a large you know insurer or payer you know the the ramifications are a lot bigger than and i'm not i'm trying to be humble here but i'm letting you yeah, know yeah. that 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 in, in our industry it's highly it regulated life yeah. or death and so you cannot you you have to walk with a level of compliance in everything that you do right so that also kind of is ingrained in me as well yeah well and i think in like my industry i always think like it is life and death when it isn't and so talking to someone when it really is life and death puts it into perspective well, okay and, I, and megan i wasn't trying again I'm, i swear to you i try to be humble no, and have yeah, no, but for real like yeah. i'm not dealing with life and death stuff so but but that's that's where i'm at so that's probably where i have a lot of anxiety and, and why i always try to double and triple check things but uh or not say something just to say it right that i have to be very careful and calculated with my words uh, but it is a it is a practice and if you've been doing it like i have for 25 years you're probably in the same boat i am and you've gone through levels of training you've gone through a lot of different experiences uh, you know at my organization we talk about executive presence all the time uh, the ability to make sure that you not only you communicate with tone but you're doing it in a way that creates impact and you're you're being concise clear and you're not being redundant so which i was just redundant there but the idea <laughs> the idea is is that how you say things is almost as important to what you say in in in, in my industry executive presence I yeah like that yeah nice. I, need, I need some executive presence sometimes with my kids yeah <laughs> well i'll tell you what it's it's funny though because i'll be in a car like even in the car with the kids and i'll be on a call just a a typical conference call and my kids sometimes are like this is a different dad like <laughs> like you know like usually my dad's crazy and a nut job and whatever but like this is like weird like how you're communicating dad, yeah. right? like you're using different words so which they can tell a difference just because yeah. you fine-tuned that skill yeah. yeah you have to you know you're you're only given a lot of times in sales you're only given literally 30 seconds mm -hmm. and most of it 90 percent of it's all visual right so when you do speak you better make sure that you, you're making the point right mm -hmm. you're making the point that you need to make uh to either engage and get someone to either build trust and rapport with you literally in 30 seconds uh or or you may lose them forever right so yeah that's certainly very very important so tell me a little bit about um are you you have people working underneath you on different teams, don't you? Yeah. So, no? so fortunately now I'm in a position where I'm considered an individual contributor, which is really nice because that's why I get to come do a podcast at nine <laughs> o'clock with you guys in the morning, right? Which is great. I make my schedule. I do what I need to do. But yes, I have close to, we'll say they, they call it leading without authority. So I have authority over folks but i don't have to do their year in reviews or anything like this that makes sense yeah. so, so from an hr perspective it's literally awesome for someone who just turned 50 years of age right? <laughs> but i have i have close to uh 50 district managers that are under me in those um in those four states that cross over multiple business units with deal with a lot of again uh, almost 30 products in our portfolio and so within that we also have an account management team so each of those products and business units have their own account managers that go into large uh, institutions like 
like Integris or St. Francis, right? And so those folks, I'm responsible in essence for them and I lead our market payer access work with them. And there's a whole nother slew of, of uh, folks that work you know, as part of reimbursement specialist folks that are making sure that, okay, did you get this right? Patient access. There's several teams that, that all rely on me to make sure that not only do we have access to the products, but they're getting in the right direction for me. And again, having to do that in a way, when you talk to somebody in Houma, Louisiana versus Nashville versus Bentonville, Arkansas versus Tulsa, while we all think a lot of us are the same in the South, we are not <laughs> like, um, you know, you're, you're having to deal with, and then you're having to deal with folks in Los Angeles and LA and my boss's boss's boss is in New York City. So you're dealing with different communication styles, way to deliver information, either digitally or verbally. And so it becomes a situation where it really stretches you. Uh, span of control is large, but then how people work and communicate is so varied. Well, talk a little bit about that. You know, you said you lead these people. Talk a little bit about the leadership uh, that you bring to that team and how do you communicate that leadership or, I mean, how does that all play into what yeah. you do? I, I think ultimately you know, uh, starting off either with meeting with somebody new or working within a large team, I, I think it's, for me, my number one role is being genuine. Like I cannot, I have to be the same person on day one that I'm working with somebody that I am on day 365. I cannot change who I am. So there, there's always about level setting expectations, who I am, what's going on. But ultimately my leadership style, I do you know General Omar Bradley. Like I'm not a super historian. I love watching history as opposed to reading it. I'll just put that out there. But General Omar Bradley uh, was in World War II. Uh, the Bradley tank is named after him. He led charges in Southern Europe and Northern Africa. And he was deemed the soldier's general General. Does that sound familiar at all? Yeah, so there's a great picture. So, so he's like, he's the guy, literally, there's a picture of him with a cup of coffee sitting with a guy in, in the line of like in a battle line, right? Hang, you know, oh, with wow. somebody. He's not Patton. Like Patton is the horsewhip guy with the American uh-huh. flag. That's not me. I'm not directive. I flex my style. So my leadership style flex is based on what is needed. So, so for you two guys that are, that are go-getters, go get it right i would consider you someone as an s4 right somebody who just give them the idea and let them run i don't have to direct you i would consider you guys high will high skill people i just have to pat you on the back tell you what do we need to get done and then see what comes from it Mm -hmm. there's other folks that are high will like i want to get it just don't have the skill i would that's folks that i would peel off and, and support them, give them a little bit more direction, a little bit more training, help them understand what they need and maybe direct them in a in certain way. Typically the people I don't work with are low will, low skill. If you don't want, if you don't have the skill and don't want to get better, sorry, right? So even when I was leading people and was in charge of personnel, hiring, firing, I would quickly identify those folks and I would ask them a basic question like, do you want to be here? And, if they, and that usually is under uh, maybe a Buffalo Wild Wings or yeah. a, a Starbucks, <laughs> whatever you want to go. And and if they were like, yes, I want to be here, then then we would have the conversation. But if they were genuinely saying, I don't want to be here, then let's let's figure out how to get you somewhere else because I'm not going to waste my to time mm-hmm. and I don't want you to waste your time. And then there's some folks who are usually higher in their in their track 
tenure, right? They're experienced. They have a lot of skill, but maybe some, maybe in their life, they're just in a spot where they've lost a little bit of their mojo or they're in a rut. And those are the folks you still want to invest in because they have a value. And so then you invest on the, the will part of it. You invest in, how can I get you back? What can I motivate you to get to where you want to get to? But so those would be the low skill or high low, skill, skill, low, low will. will, right? Okay. So, you, trying to... so you definitely want to invest in people like you, mm -hmm. high will, high skill, go Thanks. get it. Like pet you in the back. What do you need? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. You want to invest in the folks who always want to invest in the future. People who are low skill, but high will, if they're willing to have the energy to do something, Mike Shaline with Cash and Wildcat TV is a great example. The guy was fired up. He wanted to be a part of it. He just didn't know how to turn on the laptop to get stuff going. Yeah. So I helped him. We went and through he it. And, learned, and now he's got high so skill. He, he was, now he's high skill. He was a high will guy. You want to invest in those folks. Those are the okay, people you okay. want to be around. And those are the folks that you can mold also, right? So early on, you can kind of put your, you know, imprint your, your legacy or where you're at, your experiences, and they'll take it in. Um, so those, that's kind of where, what I think about in terms of dealing with the team. But back to General Bradley, he was the soldier's general. He was not the guy who was directing, whipping. I like to work side by side, either it's with a client or a, you know, a customer or an account or just people in life. I want to see things with them, right? Let's stare at the battlefield together, uh -huh. right? Not me from behind or on a horse or on a stage, right? Let's stare at it together. Let's figure out what you need. What do you need? How can I help you get to where we're all now being victorious? And so I feel like if you deal with the individual first and show respect, work with them, and then you do that as a team, then ultimately, you know, you, you have a place where you can get everyone working in the same direction. But, you know, every situation is different. Every scenario is, as I said, home of Louisiana yeah. is different. Sometimes they need a little bit more love, right? Or New Orleans or Baton Rouge or, you know, uh, gosh, I don't know, even Fayetteville, Arkansas, even though it's beautiful up there, a lot of times they, they run and stuff. But the idea is when I think about a team, I have to be me. I have, I have to be the same leader that I was in essence, who I am. Like I can evolve, but I, I, if I don't, if I'm not me, you guys will pick that up so quickly. Right. You, you've yeah. dealt with people immediately, either on the, even on the phone, you don't yes. even have to see them and you know, I'm done. Uh -huh. I'm done yeah, with I you. Know. I don't know if that's try sad or, you know, just you get a vibe off of that. Yeah. You, yeah. you can tell. Yeah. So. And, and so, so, and, and that comes from, I think, we, you know, we talked about the Holy Spirit coming in here to Greg's <laughs> office, right? Because the door cracked a while ago, kind of before Megan got but, here, we were like, Holy Spirit. Just <laughs> but but I, 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 you know, I know there's something in us, right? And, uh -huh. I, and I believe that there's a scenario and situation where, you know, as we go through either life or in business, um, you know, if you're not being genuine, it's immediately picked up. People and, pick and, up. And, and, and that is the end of all ends if you're in sales and life and whatever if you lose somebody's trust or you have to spend all that energy to earn it back mm -hmm. so I, I what you see right now today what you see in the booth what you see at flower and fennel when i got a piece of pizza last night after the baseball game when you see him at the corner store this is me you will get it every single time and i think that's part of what i why i think i've been successful as a leader and in business uh but but just in life because ultimately and then you can draw your conclusion i don't like nema that's fine <laughs> but this, this, is you Nima, this is the nema exactly. you're going to get every single time i don't right? know who would say that well I it's it's okay. it's okay but you know it's 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 hate the player don't hate the game right yeah it's the same well, concept and, you know as much as I've gotten to, to know you, and I mean, I consider us really good friends, you know, there are people that have come to me and said, I don't like the way he did this on Cash and Wildcat TV. He kind of, he was mean to you. Well, I'm like, he's like one of my best friends. I'm a big boy. That's just Nima being Nima. He's just yeah. Yeah. 
putting it out there that the way he sees hilarious. it. You know, and people and, have to keep Chris Gibson in check sometimes. Right. So if Nima has to do that, then well, good. Yeah, and the problem with CWTV, it's literally best friends getting on a mic together. Yes. Yeah, there's a little bit of play by like last night. I was on with Dirk, and literally, I was just giving Dirk a hard time. Literally, the first three minutes. The conversation between you and Dirk, and you just like pulling teeth to get and, into the And Dirk will talk. give it right back to me, and it's phenomenal. And in fact, we had a text discussion, and I still, I just made, I wanted to make sure I text. I said, Dirk, I love you. I love your family. Your family's amazing. Like, it's great. And then, of course, we give it right back to each other. Yeah. Right, right back. So, yeah. uh, no, it's, it's, uh, yeah, that, that scenario is weird, but you know, that's good. I'm glad you got peeps looking out for you, Chris. Yes. And, and, and that's a good sign, yeah, right? It's just funny. The, the people, the things that people come and tell you, probably yeah. the same thing for you, you know? Yeah the ideas that they bring to right, us right but okay so being genuine i mean that that is something so megan and i are you know these pillars of the things that we value and that's what we want to grow around and being genuine i think is a great mm-hmm. one uh, something great to that we will i'm going to take and use that because you know we're we're actually meeting with somebody to see if we want to bring them on and i'm going to make sure hey i'm going to be genuine so this guy knows who i am and what he's getting into uh, well, it'll just be the same day one to day yeah, three. Yeah, that's the key. It's generally consistent, right? And and that's the deal. And you, things are going to be thrown your way, and you're gonna you're gonna want to go. Mm, should I take the easy road, or should I go this way? And and your your pillar or your 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 benchmark should be no. I'm I want I have built my foundation. This is who I am, and this is what I need to respect and continue. And it'll it'll keep you on the straight and narrow to keep you from going off of who you are. Now, there may be times where you may have to do that, right? Someone will make you do that. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but, but you know, ultimately it, it's, it, again, it just comes back and it's just too much work. It's too much work to try to be somebody that you're not or try to match the expectations of somebody else. It's just too, for me, it's too hard. I've gotten so much feedback, uh, you know, feedback is a gift, right? And so every year in review since I've been in the industry has been Nima, you talk too fast and uh, you are really, really like gregarious, like you are, and I'm like, you know, and then, so then I try to slow down. I try to be calm, right? But then I'm like, that's not me. And it, it comes off crappy and, yeah. and so, I think I think the idea is just understanding, respecting, and then building that around who you are in terms of the value to the person you're working with, right? So I'm not going to change who I am, but this is what you're going to get from me, and this is how this is going to impact our relationship or how we're going to work together. And usually, feedback from my customer. Usually, the the opportunities for me come with my internal stakeholders, people I work with within you know whatever company I'm at. My external peers, they love me. They're like yeah. <laughs> they're like we love your passion. Your passion, no, does it doesn't get in the way of what we do. We love it. We love it. We love that you care about us. We love that you're in a hundred percent. Everything that we do, you listen, even though you're passionate and talk a lot, we know you're listening. So, uh, you know, I, I take my feedback from my customers and I hold that a little bit higher than, yeah. than an executive well, the ones that are paying the, I mean, heck yeah, yeah. bringing heck the money yeah. to you. Yeah, so. I love it when I bring in, like I'll bring in, you know, somebody from a home office position out in Thousand Oaks, California, they'll join a conference call, the meeting. They're like, Oh my God, Nima, that was awesome. Like they love you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, so just relax. Yeah. <laughs> relax. relax. They like how I talk. Yeah, that's, that's right. Funny. I do want to go back just a little bit of just working with a team and the leadership aspect. I sure. loved how you said just being shoulder to shoulder with someone. And I think as someone who has been on teams, knowing that there is a leader in the trenches with me while we're going through a right. problem or, you know, working something out is 
it makes me want to work harder and it makes me want to do more. So I just wanted to commend you on that. I think that's fantastic. Well, I'll take the compliment. Yeah, I think everyone has a value, right? Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, as a, as a parent of five kids, I've got five literally separate, they're all literally, and if I had a sixth child, that sixth child would be completely different than the other five. And so even though they, there's some similarities in terms of how they look. And so I, I think just like that on a team, you have people and, and if you don't give them the avenue to really shine in the value that they provide, they'll shut down, they'll they'll not be who they want, they'll try to emulate somebody else, which will come across not, not genuine, genuine, false, they can't do it. So, you know, it's just like how I love I love coaching. And if if I could make the same amount of money that I'm doing now coaching, I would have done it in a heartbeat. I loved coaching um, youth foot. I've coached every one of my kids and literally almost every one of the sports. Now, you know, Nathan gave me a hard time on CWTV. He was like, he was like, my dad never held a bat in an inning in his life. Yes, that's true. I've never played any, I've never played varsity baseball, but, but I love the concepts of coaching baseball, understanding technique, taking what you see from others, adapting. And then most importantly, seeing where somebody's having trouble, figuring out a solution to help them. Those things don't need to happen if you played baseball to coach. So I loved coaching. I love, I love watching kids develop and grow and seeing that some, you know, there was one kid and he had a skill. He, he was not going to be the running back, but he had a skill. Let's figure out how to make him, you know, the best at what he's doing. And then you can see them grow. And to this day, you know, I, I don't take, I don't look back and go, well, you know, in, in the, and when Alex was in sixth grade with Brexton green and that bunch, we won, we won the, you know, the championship, right. We beat Kingfisher, right. We, you know, I don't, I don't remember that, but I what, what I love and cherish is those kids. They, some of them still call me coach, right. Mm -hmm. I still have kids on Nathan and Brian's football teams that still call me coach. And they remember that concept and they were like, you know, I like that as opposed to any score that we had. So for but me, still beating Kingfisher in the championship yeah, was pretty good. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> so that's another part. We could spend another an hour on being competitive, right? And that's, that's, that's something. That was definitely something I was going to bring up competitiveness and your family. We were, I think it was after a football game or maybe a basketball game and later on in one of the playoff runs that we've had the last few years. And I think somebody asked, what do you think the record of Nababi, <laughs> a, a team with the Nababi on it is right now? And it was like, you couldn't, like, there's no way to calculate because you guys are so, every one of your kids are so competitive and they're contributors. And that comes from you and Liz, I think a lot of it. Well, some would say Liz mainly athletically. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but the competitiveness yeah. and the will to try want to be the yeah, best yeah. is something that they get from both of you guys. I think. Absolutely. And that's, that is the, uh, that's the good thing and bad thing about being married to Liz Nababi is, is that, <laughs> that, but, but, you know, we're, we're able to obviously get to a spot. Right. But, but yes, uh, like, so Liz's scenario is a little bit different. I think being a middle child, the only daughter of uh, five kids, she has two older brothers and two younger oh, brothers, yeah. her and her, you know, just their vibe and their family, but also is a little bit different than mine. But we do both come together in regards to our competitive nature, fighting, fighting for justice, right? Fighting, you know, loyalty is a really big deal in our family. Family first. We brought up from the beginning. You 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 fight. You you take care. You fight for your brother and your sister. Your family first. This is this is our team, right? Mm -hmm. And so, no matter if it's in Cashin or Norman or Deer Creek or Piedmont or wherever, 
it's team first, right? It's, this is our first team. And, and, but, but yes, we're extremely competitive at the house. It's Liz and I are extremely competitive. We, whatever it's, you know, you, you guys know the story, whether it's tiddlywinks, checkers or whatever, uh, trivia, it usually most competitions at our house, it may start off good. It, <laughs> like ends, a up, it, it ends up in a fist fight. We try to go to pickleball. We go to chicken and pickle. Oh, that's so funny. We, let's go to chicken and pickle. The, the seven of you? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. okay, let's see how this goes. And so we go, and I'm thinking, let's feed him. Everyone's happy. We go, and of course, it's a it's a drag out. We got a new tournament. Yeah. Rules, no. <laughs> and so and so they're just a, it's a it's a knockout drag out. And 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 then my wife and Liz and I would sit here and look. We knew this was going to happen, right? <laughs> but but we knew it's going to happen because we we endured that, right? Yeah. And, and, Which before you get out of the car, are you ever like kids? Get it together. Like, let's go have fun. I've stopped doing that because it's just, (laughs) I've given up on trying to coach them. Uh, But, but, you know, in, in a world where I think our wife, my wife, Liz and I have come to this in terms of parenting and, and our philosophies have spilled over into what we do in our practice. Elizabeth is an amazing audiologist. She is the best. I, I will go to bat. She is the best audiologist because she cares the most. She does the best job. She's meticulous, detailed oriented. And again, and, and for me, it's the same deal. Uh, you know, you guys know the Tim Naki um, quote, uh, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. We could probably spend time on my upbringing, you know, being a, you know, firstborn here in the United States, but I've always felt like I've had, had to outwork folks. And I think that has been part of my competitive nature. I have to beat you. I have to beat that next person. If I'm running a marathon, I have to catch that next person. And that's just, that's spilled over to our kids. And, and ultimately I would much rather have someone who will fight, drag, punch you in the face, claw to get where they need to, then the Sony gets sit back and, and, and take it. Right. So that's, that has spilled over. Uh, Liz definitely, uh, she subscribes to that approach. <laughs> now, of course, to do it within the rules, not to be mean, to be respectful, honor, right. Have humility, mm-hmm. right. Humility is another big part of our house, but you can be competitive, but that's also so be extremely humble. And, and so you work your tail off, but then once you reach the goal, all blessings to God, to somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. To the team or whatever. I love everything that you're saying. I feel like there are some people who might hear that, like, I want people who will fight, kick, right, yeah. punch, right, you right. know, and people would be like, whoa, that scares me. But I'm like all in on yeah. Team Nabobby, like yeah. Yeah. smiling ear to ear, like, yes, I love that. <laughs> so, so, and, and that's, and, and that's how I've coached. That's how I lead. That's how I, you know, I, you know, Liz and I, co-parent you know our kids is 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 in that and it starts with you right so the idea is what are you doing to help yourself to make yourself better now there's moments where we go below the line we talk about the os principle you can kind of complain a little bit "Mm, somebody so and so but but you got to own it you got to own it well this is your reality so what are you going to do about it and and whether it's in sports school um life whatever you're at um you know breaking up with a girlfriend whatever you you know let's let's own the situation and, and let's just learn and, and move forward with it because we have to continue to move forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was uh, what early on. Um, I had a boss who um, who hired me, and you know, part of the interview process, he was asking me questions. I was right out of graduate school. I had no idea. I barely. I had a suit, one suit. I barely was any professional whatsoever, mainly in the lab and teaching classes. And he was like, "Hey, how long do you want to work for me?" And I, I, I didn't understand the question. What do you mean? How long? As long as like he was on. No, no pain. Right. I'm like, oh, this is great. No. How long do you want to work with me? What do you aspire? And I'm like, oh, 
well, yeah, I, I want, I don't, yes, I don't want to work for you forever. I want, yeah. I want to be the boss. I want to keep going. He says, that's great. That's what I want. That's the only people I hire. I want people who produce, who work, who do everything they can within a three to four five year window looking to move on. I don't want to hire somebody who's going to be grady. Exactly. And that kind of ties back in the competitive piece. Like uh, I run, I used to run marathons and it was, my deal was chase the next person, chase mm -hmm. the next person. And it wasn't about enjoying, I should enjoy the run, right? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone talks about enjoying the journey, which I subscribe to, but, but you know, in a competitive nature, it's like catch the next person. Uh -huh. And so, you know, for, for us, that's kind of how we're wired. And then, you know, our kids, nature versus nurture, they've got that DNA, but we continue to build that environment that, um, you know, you need to continue to own your scenario, move. If you're not moving forward, you're, you're going backwards, right? So, uh, you know, don't get stuck in that place. And that, that goes in life, right? You, you talked about having to work with your, your kids, always continuously working with your, in marriage, you always have to continue to work at marriage, got to keep moving mm -hmm. forward. So, um, you know, that's, you, you that's, said it while ago about your five kids and their five complete different people actually kind of has to rein me in every once in a while because I, I try to push myself and what I was on my son yeah. and she's like he's not you he's not <laughs> what you were yeah. he's his own person and I it, you know I have to get put in check every once in a while well actually probably like every day I probably Shane Gibson also has that conversation <laughs> all the time but yeah. it's like you know and I'm glad you said that because he's not me and to make him be the most successful person he's going to be you need to uh build up the the characteristics that he's good at and what he wants to do and, and really listen and try to put, push that forward yeah. i think you do that well with all of your kids yeah maybe that's back to you know all the things that i've learned in the industry you know we went through a, a training called strength finders have you all ever done that before uh -huh. i'd highly recommend it and it, you go through and you actually it's first of all it's important to understand what your strengths are like mm -hmm. what do you do really well or what do you think you do really well right and 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 there's 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 science and data that supports even i i, I think they've even done this in, in classrooms but when you are positive first of all being positive around somebody right equates to a synergistic result right so positive reinforcement versus negative reinforcement that we know the story on that one but strength finders is basically like look know your strengths but then also know the strengths of the people that you're working with and if you're leading a team right if somebody's strength is doing x but don't focus on why right you're gonna the biggest value the biggest lift you'll get is helping them get better at what they already do good at and it doesn't make sense right because we think about diminishing returns and like how much more can i get out of them uh -huh. versus really well they just really cannot do this i've got it back to skill yeah but if if you can still work on things to get better like executive presence right you know me working on that but the idea is that if you were to invest time it's better to invest on what they actually do well because not only do you get more out of them, but they feel more, they feel like, oh, this person gets me, yeah. right? They understand me. Uh, this is my comfort. This is where I'm, I don't have to fight somebody to, to do. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's not that you shouldn't focus on things you could be doing better. Like for me, I, I need to do, I need to continue to do a better job of listening. Like I still, still, it's like I get into my own world, either I talk and, and go in that direction or I, I check out. Right, because if it's not interesting to me, eh, yeah. <laughs> that's great. I'm, I'm on my phone. But or at I'm least doing, you know that. Yeah, self awareness is great, but it's, it's a curse too at the same time. But <laughs> but you're better off knowing the strength of somebody. So with my kids, like like with Nick, Nick is fun. Like all my kids are great. So I just want to say I love them. I don't know if they'll listen to the podcast. I yeah. absolutely love my kids. I pour my heart into them. Um, 
but like, I know there's some strengths that he has in the house. One of them is not like doing chores. <laughs> Nick, Nick is Nick, Nick does not like, like we used to do, do, do and when, when it was just Nick and Alex, Elizabeth would go, okay, we have one minute. I need you to pick up 12 things. Right. So Alex, of course, firstborn neurotic, he is, uh, yeah. he is sprinting, yeah. like chunking stuff in the toy box. <laughs> and he's like, mama, did I get it? And then Nick is like, he's walking around, he's got one thing and he's looking at Alex. <laughs> like, if I do this slow enough, and, do it and it'll all be done. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't want to diverge on or go on another subject, but Bill Gates is one of his best, um, one of his best quotes. I'm not a huge Bill Gates guy, but one of his best quotes was, uh, the question is around lazy people. And he goes, I love lazy people. Do you know why? Yes. Because they get to the, so they get to the most efficient solution, the, the, fastest. the fastest, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so I think of Nick in that sense. Love Nick has so many other strengths, but that's not one of them. So we folk, I focused, I try to on communicating and working with him on where he does do things. Well, very, the kid is great at thinking about things, processes. How can we do things better? And, and so that's how I would work with Nick. And so I, that's, you know, that gets back to strength finders and it gets back to, again, understanding the kid and where they're at. And you know what? Birth orders. And I, I totally subscribe to birth order. Mm -hmm. I, we've uh, talked about, you know, some of the things that we've talked about on our trips to different football games is you've talked about birth order. And I'm like, I need to look into that because... I mean, it, there's science behind it, and it's really it, 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 interesting. Yeah, it, it is. And, and, you know, you can, again, it's not just birth order, but also when you're dealing with people, what kind of personality do they have? How do mm -hmm. they, like right now, you guys are sitting back and relaxed. Well, I'm going to try to match that. I'm sitting back and relaxed. Do you understand how their personality styles are? How they, there's some folks who are really attentive and listen a lot before they say anything, right? So you have to. As long as you kind of understand who you're working with, I think it's not going to be perfect. And then birth order is another example. Firstborns are neurotic and obsessive because as a new parent, you're neurotic and obsessive. <laughs> yeah. And then you hit the other guardrail with the second child. You're like, and then by the time you get to five, like, is there a dirty diaper? Yeah. I, I, you know, like, the, go, hey, hey, uh, Brian, go change yourself, right? In essence, right? Uh, but, but the idea is that, you know, kind of understanding. And, but that doesn't come... That doesn't happen instantly. That that comes through a lot of hard hardship and trial and, and trial. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I want to go back um, way before even med school or pre med. Sure. Um, you said you were the first born here yeah. in the United States. Yes. Um, go into your background. Sure. So my uh, my parents um, are well, my parents are from Iran. I have a ton of almost. I'm in fact I did a twenty three and me. I am like eighty nine percent Iranian Turkish. Right. Okay. So that that that's me. So yeah, my parents moved here in nineteen sixty nine. They uh, my dad wanted to move to Italy, but my grandparents they had to do two years automatic out of the military. Got married, and they were ready to start you know, school. Uh, and so my dad wanted to move to Italy. My grand, my dad's dad said, no, you're going to the United States. And, and at that time, the U S was doing a great job with international students, right? So they were trying to bring a lot of folks in. So they started in DC. They ended up in Miami. I was born in Miami. Okay. That's uh, why you're a Dolphins fan. Unfortunately. Yes. For the, <laughs> la for the last 50 years, <laughs> 1972 was the last, oh my God, it's horrific. But that was a perfect year though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the, Pop the champagne, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Sorry. Sorry. No, it's yeah. okay. It's okay. They, yeah. Who knows? They'll come around. 
No. Okay. <laughs> they, they, they won't. Uh, if it hasn't happened in 50 years. Uh, anyway, so uh, nonetheless, uh, so uh, my, my parents, my dad ended up going to the University of Oklahoma. They had a fantastic engineering school, petroleum. There's a lot of Iranians also at OU. It was cheaper, way cheaper than a lot of other schools. So we ended up in, in uh, Norman and uh, my mom and dad went to school and we were raised here. And, and so, uh, you know, that's, I was an only child. I was an only child for about 12 years. My parents uh, ended up, my dad got a, a job at a firm. He's a mechanical engineer in uh, LA in Pasadena. Uh, my mom ended up getting a job at UCLA and it's hilarious because she was working at OU and it was like, well, we live in Norman. Well, if we work at UCLA, I have to live in Westwood. Westwood, if you've, have you ever been to LA or Westwood, uh -huh. is literally not the place to raise a family or, or, or to live. Like Westwood is not, it's West Beverly Hills. It's not, there's nothing real about the entire area. But we were there for a couple of years and uh, my parents uh, loved Oklahoma. They're like, this is not where we want to be. Mm -hmm. uh, even though we had family in, in California and in the summertime, California is a phenomenal place to live. And in, in, in any time else now. And I was happy to come back. So we moved back to Norman. I grew up in Norman, you know, graduated from Norman High in 1991, uh, 863 people in my class. And it's, I'm pretty personable, but I love telling the story that I did not even know the people that were sitting to the left yeah. or right of me. But yeah, my parents, uh, you know, I was learning English the same time they were, in essence. And, you know, um, you talk about, I know there's a lot of discussion around diversity, inclusion, and belonging, but I, I do. I do harp on the B piece. I love diversity. I think it's great, but a lot of times, you know, I, I don't feel like we need to change a whole lot of what we're doing. I think we should celebrate who we are, mm -hmm. right? I think we should be more about the belonging piece, which is understanding other people's experiences and just working hard to include them. That's yes. all. That's all. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I struggled with that. Uh, parents didn't know, like, I remember my first Christmas, my mom was like, okay, so she went and cut down a, a bush and put it in the house, right? So that, <laughs> right? So she didn't know. Yeah. She didn't know. She didn't know. It's a tree. It's a tree. It's a tree. Put yeah. some stuff on it, right? Yeah. So, so the idea was, you know, I was learning the same time they were, indoctrinated into U.S. culture, um, and then, you know, at the same time, trying to be cool and hip and fit in at the same time, right? Thankfully, I could run really fast, so that was... Helped you out. Yeah, as a boy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How do you feel your experience was in belonging in Norman High? Like, was that a good experience for you? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I, I I think just through evolution. Um, again, I'm gregarious. I'm I'm out there. Uh -huh. um, I think part of that, you know, helped me. Uh, but Norman High was so big, right? You could get lost, but but ultimately you could find somewhere to fit in, right? Mm -hmm. So you know, I had I had my click. And then I had our sub click, our satellite clicks that we had, click. right? So it, it all worked out. It, it worked out very growing up in Norman. And Norman is a little different than Cash in High School. Yeah, Norman is a lot different. <laughs> what was great for us, though, at Norman when I went there, it was only one high school. We had a, a mid-high. So ninth and 10th grade was separated from the high school. Oh, okay. So then you went ninth and 10th, and then you went... Then you went to the high school, which was 11 to 12. So if you played sports, you got on a bus and you went to the high school. But ultimately, it, it was it kind of worked out. It was a good system. Very cool. Yeah. I don't know. Did that answer your question, Megan? Yeah, I loved it. Very okay. good. All right. What about your parents? Are they still around Oklahoma? So my, my mom has passed away. Oh, so sorry. She, it's okay. Of course you are, but thank you. Yes, uh, she passed away. And actually, that's one of the reasons why I like working for the company I work with, because uh, there is my mom passed away with cancer. And so in 2012, she was awesome. So I know you guys questions heroes. Mm -hmm. As a child, my mom was my hero. 
my, she was, she was there for me. She pushed me. She did. She was, you know, she was my focus on how to survive in life. She and I were surviving together. Uh-huh. I, does that make sense? Yeah. Kind of growing. She and I grew up together. Uh-huh. And so uh, she was my hero as a child. But my mom passed away. I have not seen my dad in 15 years. Okay. So sometimes mental health, it affects everybody has a story, right? Yeah. Right. You know, everybody has a story. Uh, part of my story is that, you know, my dad, who was, was, was great to me growing up, uh, I guess something's flipped. And, and so, uh, so I haven't seen him in 15 years. He hasn't seen Brian or Kate. Um, I, I, you know, it is what it is. I would welcome him back. I don't know if he's alive. Is I think he he's in alive. Oklahoma? I don't, don't know. know. I have no okay. idea. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, it does. And, and I think that drives, Chris, you talked about not being, right? Don't be you. I think we all as parents look at our parents and go, I really like that about them. And that's yeah. what I'm going to do. And I hated that about my dad. And I'm going to do the opposite. Mm-hmm. I, I have definitely done that. My dad was never around, which is great. His dad was a general in the army. So, so very disciplined uh-huh. and rules and stuff and so he his flip to me was i'm gonna you do whatever you want to do you do you baby and i'm gonna do me and we're just gonna figure this out i'm gonna be your best friend as opposed to your dad right kind of a deal the opposite for me i'm at every one of my if you if i miss one of my kids events it's because literally somebody made me not be there like i couldn't it's single digits there was two Two different kids, kids. yeah, right, yeah, that, yeah, exactly, or three or four or five. Right. Like, well, that's what people are like. How does he make it to every one of the games on the Cash and Wildcat TV? Oh, and that, I'm like, well, because one of his kids is playing on yeah, one of those teams, yeah. and he's going to be there yeah. no matter yeah, what. Exactly. So. so might as well do that. But yeah. but that's part of that deal, right? So if, you know, if I think about the lesson of my dad, it would be he taught me that it's important for a child to have a parent present, right? That that does mean something. Physically touching somebody and saying, uh-huh. right, good job or thumbs up or, hey, I'm here. That actually goes a long, long way. And and so for me, I that's why I coached. That's why uh-huh. I've been I, I try to go and be a part of every one of my kids events as I, as I possibly can. So, uh, you know, so I don't I, I try to make the lemonade out of lemons when it comes to my dad hasn't been here for 15 years. And it stinks. Um, but, you know, um, I. I'm grateful that my wife, Elizabeth, her parents are amazing. I mean, amazing. Yeah, you see them at every event. Amazing. Yeah. And, oh, and we do everything over there. It's phenomenal. So at minimum, my my um, my uh, kids do have a set of grandparents that they get to see and watch and understand and experience. Uh-huh. So it, it's good from that standpoint. Yeah. And, and Liz having the big family. Oh, yeah. You've got lots of cousins and yes. everything it's, on that side it, of yeah, things. Yeah, it, it's great. Because you are our only child. Right? I have a sister. She's 12 years younger than me. I, okay. I She's my cousin. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, to your point, and that, I think that's another piece, right? So growing up didn't have a whole – I was – you know, just doing my own thing. And, and so, uh, I've always aspired. That's why, you know, one of the great things about being in a fraternity when I went to OU was 150 brothers. Now they were, we aren't all brothers, right? And during friendship, <laughs> it was not brotherly, but, uh, uh, but, but, you know, I, that was something that I was like, wow, this is awesome. And so, um, you know, I do have a sister. We now have a relationship. She has her own business. Okay. Um, she has an interior design com- uh, company or her husband's a general counsel at mid first. He's got a, a bunch of side hustles as well. And she's doing great. And now that she has three kids, three boys, uh, now we have, we finally have the ability to have some connectivity because we really didn't have that. She's in first grade. I'm at yeah. OU, you know, it's like, there's no, <laughs> there's no connection. Spread apart. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Well, um, 
So, you know, you talked a little bit about your ethnicity and, and that. That's not something that you felt like ever held you back, did it? Or did you? Well, you uh, held me back, like, from getting an opportunity? No, I don't I don't think that's the case. Uh, did it help me grow as a person and understand there's some terrible people out in the world? Yes. Yeah. yeah so, um, but but I, I take all that as lessons, right? I take all that as an opportunity to, to learn and, and move forward. And, and, you know, and I don't pass judgment on anyone. And what's been great is, you know, coming to a small town here in, in Cashin, you know, one of my worries is like, okay, Nabavi, how's that going to work? Right. You know, like, but it, it, it's been fantastic. Or, you know, my, my voice of, you know, they've, they've taken it in. It's been a moniker. They all joke. Who's the Persian King. Who's the Persian priest, <laughs> right? All those things. And, and, and they've, they've invested, right. They, they're interested in, in the Iranian culture and things like that. And so, you know, that's been good. I haven't, I haven't forced that on them, but, but, um, it hasn't been perfect. It hasn't been rosy. There was times in the early '80s during the Iran hostage, um, you know, the hostage situation, where getting death threats and oh, run out of. It's okay, yeah. but that's that's helped shape who I am. Yeah. And that helps me have a little bit of understanding. Uh, during 9/11, you know, or during 9/11, even the Oklahoma City bombing, when that happened, I immediately got a call from my mom. Was like, "Do not go anywhere, right?" Because the the original suspects were like three Egyptians or three Middle Easterns, right? Uh, so wow. so so those things do happen. I've received death threats and calls and chased out of stores and things like that. And um, I, I know, but but you know. Uh, but, but again, sharing the story is fine, but it, it hasn't deterred me on, you know, thinking good about people. And, mm -hmm. and I look at folks and they, you know, some folks are just ignorant. They don't understand. And so if there's a chance to educate, great. If not, I'm not going to let it affect me. Right. I'm yeah. going to be me and yeah. I'm going to move on and I'm going to do who I, what I need to do. Don't worry about the, the, what you can't control. Right. I mean, that's a lot of the yeah. things that we've talked about that all is principle of you. Yeah. Worry about what you can control and yeah. make it, even if it's not, not, even if it's something that you can't control. Right. Okay. How do I make it to where right. that affects me less? Yeah. And that, that's not something that's in Borna has to be taught a lot of times or you have to go through lessons. I think there's some folks who have an amazing ability to not to allow water to roll off. Like I, I'm like in awe of a lot of folks who are like, I don't, not necessarily, I don't care, but, uh -huh. but it, it's like, that's fine. I'm going to move on. You know, and people talk about their circles being small and all that. It's kind of part of that same concept, right? And I, I think that's great. And, and those are things that I continue to try to, to, to learn and work through. Very cool. Yeah, all, all good stuff, man. Uh, so you talked a lot of, you've quoted some things, you've talked about some <laughs> different books. So what are some, you know, we talk, ask a lot of our, our yeah. guests, what are some books and some things, maybe different, or a podcast or something that you've read or taken in that you would think, you know, if, if you are a entrepreneur, you need to read this book. What, what would be one that you recommend? Well, it's thought, you asked me that question. And I told you Oz Principle. That is that is a life changing book for me. Not in the sense of the Bible, right? The, I mean, we we can spend another moment. We're sitting here in Greg's office here, talking yeah. about faith faith based <laughs> approach to life and parenting and all of that. Uh, and you know, we could. Uh, I would love to tell you my story on that and how I've come to find Jesus. But ultimately, from a professional standpoint or just in standard of life, Oz Principle is it accountability, right? And it's not just about like, okay, I have a responsibility, but it's about, it's about how you approach things and saying, look, ultimately it's almost like taking out the trash. If I don't take out the trash, Nick, 
who's going to do it? If you don't do it, somebody else is going to have to do it. So it, it encompasses a lot of things that I love. Teamwork, again, personal accountability, a positive attitude, mm-hmm. uh, being able to work through adversity, uh, resiliency. Um, so those are the things that, that I would offer up. So, and, and again, allowing yourself to complain. It's okay to complain, but you can't live there. Uh-huh. You can't be in a spot where we're talking about Dale, Oklahoma, and the fact they don't play football all the time. I got to get myself out of that, right? <laughs> it's more of a, com- it's more about, com- you guys are laughing. Thing. It's more about comedy now, right? So we just do it now for fun. Right. Yeah. But 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 those are the things. Like right? you can't, you, you, I can't control some some things. So if I can't, then I've got to be able to control the things that I can because that's ultimately going to make me happy. If I live in misery, if I live in a place where, what do you want to be? Yeah. And, and and then that goes on to your kids or to your spouse, and then it, it affects everyone else, and that's just gross. Yeah, right. it is gross. It is gross. Good recommendation. I love that. I'm gonna actually order that as soon as. And I it's, really, it's, it's good. Yeah. It's, it's a real thin book too. Like so, that's right up my oh, alley. Oh, perfect. Like, <laughs> love it. Like I think like 50 pages. Quick read. Oh, yeah, quick read. even better. Is it 50? No, maybe it's like 98. Yeah, know. about 100. Yeah, yeah. 98. That's yeah. hilarious. So you did mention your faith a little bit. Yeah. If that's okay, do you mind? Yeah, I, in? I like, love to. I love yeah, to. Yeah, I said, think that's part of our walk, right? We have to be able to share that. I think it, it ultimately comes back to again when we talk about me being a person. I Ultimately, I do what I do. I, I try anyway. So people can ask me, Nima, why are you so passionate? Why are you so, why, you know, and, and it's because I have a love of life and that comes through Jesus, right? So um, my walk is a little bit different. Like I, uh, I look back and it's amazing because growing up in Norman, Oklahoma, I had so many parents and friends that I had over, over, I spent the night. Nima, why don't you go to Sunday school with us? Yeah. Had no idea. Thankfully, my parents were like, my parents were, you know, they were just kind of roll with the wind. They really didn't. You know, they were like, be good. We believe in a God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't realize God was working in with me and me in such an early age. But in retrospect, I did. All, even in as early as, pre, you know, kindergarten, Nathan Lockhart, his parents, his dad was an attorney for the uh, uh, for the Baptist Foundation or the okay. uh, for um, what is it? The. Um, the Baptist congregation will just say it. I don't. I, I don't know. There's two different derivations. Yeah, there's two different. Yeah. Two, but here in Oklahoma, he was an attorney for them. They took me to First Baptist in Norman, and I would spend the night all the time. And I was going to Sunday school with Nathan Lockhart a ton. Didn't realize it, but learning the stories, right? Yeah. And then growing up in junior high, my best friend, his father was a set of twins, the, the twin that I was a friend with, uh, uh, Paul Burns. His dad was a Presbyterian minister. Well, guess what? In junior high, guess what? I went to yeah. Falls Creek more than probably most folks in Oklahoma. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but I was that kid in the back of the room that never came forward, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, I had this 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 kind of connection to. Well, I'm Iranian, and my parents aren't Christian, and it was really hard, right? But I, I felt the pull. I felt the pull, and it was there all around me through high school. My best friend Sean Housley was inviting me to church every single Sunday. Right? He didn't give up. So it was around me. Uh, and so I look back and I'm so mad that I missed out right, on all those years that I could have been, you know, had a relationship with Jesus. Right. But but it was but it was around me. But it wasn't until I started getting and I thank Liz for this. Right. So, you know, going through courtship and then getting married, you know, wanting to get married in the church. We were uh, married in the Episcopal Church. And going through some classes and going through that. And then uh, as an adult, right, I was thinking to myself, what, what is this all about, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, there's, a, there's more of a purpose to me, right? I'm more than somebody who's going to, you know, I believed in God. I believed in a heaven. But, but it was all confusing because we have all these religions, yet there was only one that spoke the truth, right? Mm-hmm. So I opened myself up to that. I pushed away what I thought was these, you know, barriers in terms of my 
family and where I'm from and, and, you know, none of my family members were Christian and, and just opened up. And so, uh, by doing that, I took some classes, uh, Elizabeth and I joined an Episcopal church. Uh, I was baptized as an adult with Alex, which is kind of oh, weird, cool. right? But went through a lot of classes. It was, uh, you know, there's a lot of great services that churches do in terms of trying to bring people into the church and trying to knock down some barriers, went through some, um, classes like that to kind of answer some basic questions like, who is Jesus and, yeah. and, and why is he right? Yeah. Right. And, and those spoke to me and I dove in, I dove in more and, um, we were, um, we, Liz and I, we have five kids, four of them were born in four and five of them were born in four different cities. So we've moved a lot because of my job. Uh, and because of that, we've changed churches quite a bit and sometimes denominations, uh, but, but have continued to dive into it. Um, and, um, you know, for me, my walk was later in life, um, but it's been still as rewarding. And and so, you know, I still have my opportunities. Um, you know, we, Elizabeth and I have, have kind of moved around in churches and we, we we're currently trying to find another church right now. And, and so, uh, but we go to church a lot of times. Uh, we're the Christers, right? Christmas and Easter for sure, <laughs> right? Um, with with my family, my my brother-in-law and my, and my mother-in-law. Um, but you know, ultimately, I, I want I, I do share that uh, everyone has dark times in their life, everyone, multiple. Mm -hmm. And and that's when, you know, Jesus is actually his, his most powerful. Right. Mm -hmm. God is most powerful. And and I can't imagine having a relationship with I can't imagine now without having a relationship with God and with Jesus. And so he's my Lord and Savior. I give everything everything to Jesus, everything to God, uh, everything that we do comes back with a little bit of humility and humbleness. Right. Uh, but, um, you know, I try to be happy. I want people to say, what drives you, Nima? Uh -huh. and, and that, that is a big part of that. Right. I, I do everything I do for my family and my wife, right. For my kids and my wife, everything is for them. Everything that I do, everything I do, there's no, there should not be um, any type of error or mistake, every, whether it's professional, cash and wild cat TV, everything I do is for them. But all of it's given to, to God. And and um, and I want people to go, Nima, why why do you do what you do? Well, it's because I have Jesus in my life. Let me share. Yeah. My story. Yeah. Just open right. the door. Talk a little bit about why you do, you know, the things that you do for your family. And like you said, cash and wild cat TV, we've had this discussion, you know, I keep going back to Cash and Wildcat TV. If you're not from Cash and you may not understand or may not know what it is, but it's a lot of work that Nima puts in going around to all of these different events and doing um, Cash and Wildcat TV and providing that for our school and for grandparents Which and everybody. Which is sports broadcasting. Yes. Well, there's some musical. There's, 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 yeah, yeah, there's other things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But we've gone into why you do it. But can you tell people why you take as much time and effort and you put into the Cash and Wildcat TV? And you say, yeah, it's for your kids, but it's for other people's kids too, right? Yeah, I, I, I love to lift people up. I love to pat people on the back. I love to say how awesome. I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's if we go back, we put myself on a couch and we had a therapist. Maybe it's because I didn't feel like I got that enough as a, <laughs> as a kid. And so I, you know, no woe is me, but I own it. I own it. And so as Chris, I, I don't know. I have always loved to drive results through others. I think that's why I was a good leader when I was directly leading people is because and, and, and we it's because I love to get things done through other folks and celebrate that. I loved, I love, I love watching people go through and grow and learn. And they, they said, here's my goal. And they hit their goal and, and exceed their goal and get promoted or go on a trip or whatever. I love that. I love that. 
Well, part of it's because I get to win too, right? Mm-hmm. But but that's where I find that's where I find value in life. That's where I find the happiness is is seeing that. And so, you know, for me, CWT was an easy thing, right? Just to to get on and cheer and and support these kids. Spotlight on them. Put, put, it, put on these kids. We did that with our interviews at halftime, right? With yeah. bringing kids up, mm-hmm. and it was just to say we have some. There's some amazing people here, and it's kind of that same story about. Tell me what you know. You know your story, your walk with Jesus. It's the same deal. Let's highlight. Let's share all the. All, why do we want to put this in a box? Why do we want to keep this hidden? It, you know, and and I know a lot of folks are like, man, you know, Cashin's growing. And you know, why, why do we have to say how good things are here? <laughs> you know, yeah. our, our little <laughs> secret. Well, that that comes at a cost. That comes at a cost at keeping other people down. And yeah. we have so many like the, you know, with, I'm around the kids all the time. They're amazing, right? They're, they are athletically, obviously, and you know, there's stuff that Miss Carnes does with the a- a- academic team, BPA, the music program, and we should highlight it. We should celebrate it, right? It should be. That moment where I'm giving you attention, you are valued. And mm. and that can, you know, just think about a kid getting supported as a as a sophomore in high school. And and he he or she gets an opportunity to get a pat on the back or someone, some random crazy adult cheering for them verbally over the internet. What can that can that do for their trajectory? Where where can that take them as opposed okay. to being a kid who doesn't feel like they're being recognized, right? I mean you know, and maybe being even bullied, right? Not not even knowing what's happening in that child's life, but then lifting them up. To me, Chris, I think that's, you know, you and I, that's why we do all the things. That's why Chris is in the car and he's hearing me complain like, oh, right, I guess it's going to be cold or are we going to have internet and, you know, we're going to set this up. But, but after we're done, it's like, especially after a Wildcat victory, which happens a lot, it's like, wow, that was, That's you forget about awesome. all of that. And, yeah. and, you know, Cam Miller hit that three pointer or whatever, yeah. you know, and it's like, that was awesome. And that, you know, that their parents are going to probably do a little video snippet or they'll have something yeah. on Facebook and they get to be proud about their kid. And it's not about bragging about their kid, but in that moment, you know, for that child to have, to feel like, you know, they're valued and, and it's a great thing. I mean, come on, like yeah. that's a, that's a no brainer for yeah. us, right? Oh yeah, no doubt. And that's why, you know, people say, do y'all make money doing that? No, we don't make anything doing, doing it. Except we spend money. We yeah, make, we spend we, money, we, gas money, and time equipment, and, yeah. whatever. But it's, it's more of just, I want to highlight. Yeah. And I don't even have any kids in it yet, right? but I want to help build something that's going to highlight my children yeah. because and for one, my mom's like, you better have something that yeah. I can watch my kids, <laughs> your grandkids, my grandkids, because they live a, a well, ways and, away. And that's part of it, too. But that's yeah. part about celebrating. Right. And it, it's it, honestly, we, we walk with humility and humbleness. I promise. Right. It's not about being braggadocious or just to do something on social media. It's not right to say how great our life is and yours is not. It's that's not it. But these kids, everyone deserves everyone deserves a chance to be lifted, right? To, to say, you, you matter, you just, you know, there's a value in what you do. And, you know, and we work hard, like Chris, we work hard to make sure that we're talking about each kid. Chris does a great job of talking and bringing facts about each of the kids. Even, you know, we don't ever talk about the offensive linemen a lot, right? And sometimes we get a little nudge. Hey, what about the O-line? We ask the big uglies, we got to talk about them. But, 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 but we work hard to make sure that that happens. And we, we get every single kid and that they have a moment to have life because, if you give that to them, you never know again yeah. what what that will do for them. That will move them out of a place of darkness, maybe that they're struggling with. To say, yeah. "Hey, 
now I can do something good. Yeah, and and maybe it doesn't, but it, I I want to give that opportunity give out the there. Yeah, give it a chance. That goes so. full circle. You yeah. really are the ultimate hype man. <laughs> Chris and I had taken a training one time, and the guy had said like, whenever you first start a business or start anything, um, you kind of line out what you want for people to recognize in that system. And you were saying like, I want people to feel built up and I want people to know that they are, you know, being watched in a positive way. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what you exude to (laughs) me, you know, is that you are a hype man and that's what you want people to do. So you're doing a great job. Well, thanks. I I came on and got a compliment, but, (laughs) but, but, but the, 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 the thing though, is that, you know, there are folks and I get it. There's folks who are like, he's political or there's some other reason or, or whatever, right? Maybe he had too many Red Bulls, something, something <laughs> happened in the, and there, there, that can happen. But that gets back to the piece about being generally consistent, consistently genuine wherever you're at. And so I, again, so I work on that. I make sure that, that I do that. And, and so that people can't go, well, he's just being a hype man because he needs this or he has an ulterior yeah. motive, but, but that's just the crazy Nima that we know. Which is so sad that that's how our world is, that people just are automatically like go to the negative, you know, yeah. like you're only doing that for but yourself. Let them right? go well, and yeah. I'm going to live in the positive. That, and that's, that's right. And, that, and, and again, getting back to the church, getting back to Jesus and, and having a spiritual based approach, you know, that's what's going to keep you in a place where you're looking for the good in folks. You're looking how I can be better. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, yeah, you can't, you can't worry about that. And, that, and just acknowledging it, it's going to happen. It, it does it set yeah. you free. That breaks chains. Yeah. Yeah. It breaks chains. That is true. And that, and that's your loss. That's yeah. your loss. And, and we'll keep moving along. So. Perfect. Yeah. I like that. Love it. Um, so the, the last question we always ask every, you know, guest that we have on is the legacy question. Right. You know, when we talk about, you know, having good legacies and bad legacies and, and things change and, and the way you, uh, go about your life, but what is it that you want your legacy to be when Nima is no longer Cash and Wildcat TV, no longer here? If if people are looking back at Nima and Bobby, what would you want your legacy to be? Love the question. I love the podcast, and I love the whole theme of this, right? right? Uh, so I've listened to other podcasts, and so as I've been listening and walking, and I knew I was going to be on the podcast, I'm like, how am I going to answer that question? So, <laughs> so I think... Um, as I, I'm going to get to the answer, Chris. I'll get there. I promise. Right. It's going to be a story. It's going to be a journey. That's I'm going to be a journey. It's going to be a journey. <laughs> All right. So, so the if you would have asked me this question when I was 30, 35, maybe even 40, it would be completely different than now that I'm 50. Right? I'm a half a hundred. Uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm talking to my financial planner. I'm like, holy. I am talking about retirement in 12 years. That is nuts. By the way, I got to get Kate like, Which, out of college. You don't and look 50. Like, no. You and Chad yeah. Tishner, I think, yeah. have both turned 50 yeah. this last yeah. like yeah. little bit. And I'm like, Maybe it's the kids. Maybe, see, Maybe it's because I'm kids. old, too. And I'm no. like, we're not old. No, we're yeah. But, but I'm, I'm having to answer those questions like, what am I going to be doing with my retirement? Like, what, like, like, what's going on? Oh, my gosh. I'm like at this point in my life. When I was 20, when I was 34 and 30 to 40, it would all have been built around my professional legacy. It would have been built around Nima. You are now the XYZ position. You are making X amount of money. You are living in some sort of level of house, right? It would have been, you know, it would have been very, it would have been very non-God-like, non-Jesus-like at that moment, right? 
So, you know, I, I can say that honestly, like, and that's what drove me. That's what drove me. We moved so many times. I've lived in so many different places and dragged poor Elizabeth. I've dragged her and the kids and, you know, to so many different places because of that vision. And, and I, and I can't say that it's wrong because, you know, ultimately all of us, when we're in our late twenties, thirties and forties, we're in our, we're, we're, we're trying to build up our, mm-hmm. we have to drive revenue. We have to drive in our income. We have to get, we have to do that. You have to. I get it. So, but now that I'm 50, I look back and thankfully since COVID, like COVID was like, like, don't get me started on COVID, especially I was an infectious disease. So I have a very strong scientific and very well-versed opinion regarding infectious (laughs) disease and COVID, but we won't go down that path. But the idea is, is that that was a moment, there was a moment in time right around 2017, 18, where I started asking questions like, what, what is this all for? Right? What, what, I didn't ask the question, what is my legacy? But like, what do I want to be like? What what is this all for? And I think that's when I I've, I've kind of stopped chasing that that professional rabbit, right? Being happy with where I'm at. And that's why now I don't I don't directly lead a team of a hundred, right? It's I'm lead without I I indirectly lead. But I'm in a place now where I'm like, you know, what is what is should, what should my, my my priority? So if I were to talk to my Nima of thirty or forty, I'd say yeah, keep grinding, keep. Keep hustling, keep doing what you're doing because you got to pay for a lot of weddings, a lot of college, and, <laughs> and stuff like that. But you know, but it needed there needed to be some moderation, some balance. There had to have been. And but now my legacy is all about my me as a husband, as a dad, right, as somebody in the community. If 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 you came across and you were changed positively by me, that to me is what I want. All right. So I don't. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. No so perfect. It's a, it's a such a simple question, but it evokes so much emotion, Chris. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I know that's happened in the in, but but ultimately it starts with my family. I want my kids to look back and go, my dad was a rock star. He was mean. He was a jerk. He was neurotic and nuts at times, but he was there for me. He loved me, and there wasn't a moment where I didn't feel like I wasn't supported. Right. So that's number one. Same goes with my wife, that I was there for her. I listened to her, supported her. Right. And I, that's what I went back. Great. That with my if if you talk about legacy, you can say eulogy. Great father, great husband. That's what I want it to be, right? And then somebody that people could count on to help, right? It's not sophisticated. I wish I could talk about other things. I know other folks have mentioned, you know, kids and family, but that's what it, for me right now at fifty. That's what it boils down to, man. That's, I I want to be there. I want to be a granddad someday. Not now, Alex. Yeah. Not now. <laughs> not now. But 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 don't, but but. You know, I want to live to what I aspired in the beginning with Liz, with our kids, was family first. And that's where it needs to end. And that's what I, I want to that's what I want my legacy, that somebody remembered me being a part of their life and positively impacting them, mainly my kids and, and my wife. So oh, I, I, that's, is that good? Oh, that's great. Okay. I mean, yeah. No wrong answer. Which I think as someone in the community, I see you around, I think. That's Those the legacy things, you're leaving. Exactly yeah. what you are. So yeah. you're doing a great job. Yeah, and, and then the the fighter of truth with OSSAA. Maybe maybe that will be. <laughs> maybe, maybe my legacy will be. Yeah. Maybe I'll serve. So I'll figure out how to get on the board, and we'll change all yes. the things that I don't like. But I love good. that. Now, you, you were talking about retirement. That could be your next. Yeah. No, no dude. No, dude. Next Talk chapter. No. Right? Yeah. I. 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 You know, people do ask me. I. I probably will still find something to do. Like I. I have, 
there's no way well, that you've got to do cash and wildcat TV from now. I know. I just have to hear you announce for my kids. Like I, I want to experience well, that. Well, whatever happens, it'll be unprofessional but very passionate. So anyway, <laughs> I have, I have, I have kind of calmed down. I don't scream as much. I know. Uh, oh, we, but those are the best. Yeah, whenever yeah. you would scream, that was so yeah, funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know this is a little bit like that's usually the last thing I ask, but I did want to ask. The fact that you have five children and it's uh, and y'all, you and Liz both are very successful at what you guys do. Um, can you talk a little bit about that work life balance a little bit? And, you know, just you give me advice on, you know, how to hey take time for your wife. Do yeah, this. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because uh, there's a lot of families in cash and yeah. that have a lot of children and they're young. And yeah. if you could give a little bit of direction on, you know, you guys may have, you know, learned something that would be helpful to someone like me. Could you share a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so first of all, um, Elizabeth's been an amazing mother in life. She, I mean, like literally I feel so blessed and lucky. Um, she is the brains, of the operation, right? We, we do have a matriarch in the Nababi family. It all runs, <laughs> it all runs through Liz and, th- and rightfully and thankfully so. She is way smarter than me. Uh, and so we're, su- we're super blessed there. I think from a standpoint, like as I think we have to think about as guys in, in Oklahoma, there's, there's, there is a, a moniker, there's a, a stereotype that we have to go produce. We have, and I think there's things that we have to do as males, uh, as, as, as males, as dads and fathers. We have to protect, right? You have to provide, right? Those two Ps are, I think, are absolutely a must. Now, the thing is, do you have to do that by yourself? The answer is no, right? Mm-hmm. And does it have to encompass everything that you do? The absolutely, the answer is no. And I, I've, you know, we all learn, we all learn through the process. I was focused on my kids a lot, but I thought for me early on, it was about providing and protecting. That's how I worked for my kids and my family. Obviously we coach T-ball and little league soccer and stuff like that. And obviously we're, training and doing all things because I love sports too. And, and, but, but ultimately that's where I thought I, I was at, but, but ultimately I've learned, you know, my first responsibilities to my wife as, as a family. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I've got, I've got to make time and because it all runs through there. It all runs through that. In fact, I'm learning in retirement, if you don't have a relationship with your wife, once the kids are gone, if it's all about the kids. Well, that's not going to be much of retirement because yeah. well, if you don't have <laughs> any, do? if you don't have any interest, if you have no shared experiences, what are you going to do? So, you know, I've, I've had to learn for me personally and the advice, you know, we've talked about is it as a, as a husband and as a male, as a father in the, in that family setting, you, it has to start with the wife. You have to make sure that you're making time, you're doing the right things, creating experiences. We talked about, you, you got to go on, it doesn't have to be a date, but you got to go, you got to have a connection outside of what you're doing with your kids. Cause that will encompass, that will own every second of your day. If, if you let it. It will. Mm-hmm. And if you do, then what happens is that your attention to what's happening as a couple and as a family, because the family starts at the couple. It starts with the two. If you don't have that, and this is not stuff that I'm coming up with. This is the things that I've learned and read and been a part of, right? So I'm not trying to act like I'm some you know super smart guy, but I'm just sharing with you what I've learned. But if, it, if, if, if you don't make as a husband, if you, as a husband, if you don't make the, the marriage the priority, then everything else 
will will you know will crumble. It will. Mm-hmm. So the idea is you got to make time. It starts there. You got to do what you do. And once you've done that, once you're communicating in an effective way as a team, shoulder to shoulder, you're not combative. It's not a competition. Even though Liz and I are extremely competitive, <laughs> I give up. Like I'm like you're right. Right. There's no. There's no. Uh, right, there's no I, we need to. Shane and I need to get to that point where right. we're also very competitive. Right. So we would never. But, but the, and, and 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 that's okay. Have your opinion, everyone. But but. Uh, there's a lot of times where I'm, I love being wrong. Okay. You know, let's, let's go that way. We're a team. We have to make a decision. We have to go in a direction. So let's do it. And so I think, again, that, that's come with lessons, but once you get to a place where you're doing that and having those shared experiences, shared knowledge, you're shoulder to shoulder, right. Then everything else becomes a little easier. Right. And that, and that flows down the kids and everything that you do, you're consistent, you're communicating and stuff like that. So for me, it was all, the idea was focus on your kids, focus on your kids. Right. And that was great. Right. Um, but, but ultimately I could have done the same thing, but could have done it more effectively and efficiently instead of Elizabeth trying to do her own thing and me doing my own thing. And we're trying to run around uh, coming together and, and really having a conversation. So, Chris, I don't know if that's the, you no, know, no, no. whether you have one kid or five kids. And honestly, with five kids, it's all relative. People say, how do you do it? Right. And you guys have a ton of kids. Right? How do you do it? Well, you just do it. You, like, figure it out. You, just fig- you just figure it out. It's all relative. You don't love a kid less. You just do what you need to do in the, the 24 hours in the day that you have. Uh, and so, um, you know, the idea is that I feel like I've learned that that works best when you're working effectively with your spouse and, 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 and again, not being focused on the job, whether it's raising kids or working at your job, uh, but making, finding time, the work life is finding that time carving out. I love the fact you guys went to Colorado, right? Yeah. Well, that's what I was just about to say, like Nima saying all this, but he like cheers me on when I do it too. Like, <laughs> I miss the Crescent football game. Like, that's what I do is catching Wildcat TV during football season. I missed one of the biggest games of the season. Because it got moved to a Thursday. Yeah, or but I still missed it. And Nima was like, and I was like, should I cancel my trip? And Nima was like, do not cancel that trip. Like, you go yeah. and spend time with yeah. your wife. And and I, I did, and it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. We had a great time, a great experience. And that's something that Nima pushed me to do. And that's why I wanted to bring that up because you, you, do, you do try to help people with, uh, I guess, use your experience yeah. to try to yeah. make people better. And I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the other part of uh, uh, work-life balance is having your own world, right? So it was hard for me. And, it, like, it's hard for Liz. Like, she wants to be the best mom she can be, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I can't take time away from my kids. But she needs time away. Yeah. She needs time away. She needs to go do her own thing with her own girlfriends and have yeah. those experiences. And and as a dad, you know, for me, it's, you know, I, I don't I do not do golf or, or hunt, even though I can do those things. I can't. I can't. I don't. Right. But but finding something that I do. Right. Uh, that, and, and I think that's important as well. So in terms of work life balance. So what do you do? So right right now, my thing is I, I work out. So the time okay. I take for myself, I go. I, I don't I'm not like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I go to the gym. You're like, I promise. I, I, do I, go I, I go to the gym and I do stuff in that sense. And you do cash and catch. I do. And, and that's the other piece. Yes, that is. Honestly, yeah? like, okay. like my, I'll be in my office. People think I'm working. No, I'm, I'm working on a, I'm on OSSA.com. I'm looking at a roster. I'm, I'm <laughs> watching huddle film of somebody. So that is what, that's kind of my hobby. And so that is okay. to your point. That's, that's but I, I think it's those three things, right? You, you need to be able to balance yourself and what's going on in your life in terms of you have to find time for yourself. You have to find, you absolutely have to find time with your spouse. Have to, have to do it. 
have to do it. It could be going to Flower and Fennel, or it could be going to Sonic. Uh, my Liz and I, we don't do a whole lot of like big long dinners, but what we'll do is we'll we'll go run to Walmart together. Yeah. <laughs> Target. That used to be a date in college. You go to Target. <laughs> like that was the thing. We we I'll go run errands with her. Like we'll uh -huh. go do stuff and we'll go and then we'll get a, a you know a sandwich. We'll go somewhere we haven't been before. Get a you know a soda or whatever. Yeah. But finding time to do that, you have to carve out time. And then obviously pouring a heart and your love and soul into your kids because you know you only get them for a certain amount of time honestly and and so uh, they need you in their life to shape them to help them they need you there so you know uh, you know I, I would say as long as you're you feel like you've worked through the week and you're like I you know I've done a few of these things I think you'll be okay I think uh -huh. you'll be okay in terms of making sure that you still got money coming in and you're you're, you're getting what you need to make sure you keep that grind going Good stuff. Well, Nima, I appreciate uh, you and the advice that you've given me over the last few years. And I'm probably going to still continue to pick your brain. <laughs> I know. Uh, for I'm going to need time. you to like record so. some things so I can hear how my guys, kids like listen over and over to <laughs> Nima's Nima-isms. No, there you yeah. go. Hey, can but, I do this real quick? Yeah. Can I tell you how awesome you guys are? Yes, of course you no, would tell us. This, this, this is our hype man. Yeah, no, this, this is amazing. This is great. I think it's cathartic for me to be able to sit here on this side. And I obviously I love to talk, right? Clearly, because we've gone over an hour and easily. <laughs> easily, we're going to break the podcast world record. But, but, but I, I, this is great for this is amazing for me. So I was honored that you. Honestly, I was honored that you put me in the same space with some of these amazing people here. Uh, that I got to share. That I and, and you guys are genuinely here. But this. This is amazing. I th I'm hoping that you guys are getting something out of this. You could, I mean, there's yeah. got to be something. But oh, I love it. Professionally, also, I mean, what you guys do professionally, I, I send everyone I can to you all, right? That I can. I don't know if Super I should nice. get a bird dog fee or something. I don't know. But, <laughs> but, but but this this is this is great. This is this is awesome. There's there's a lot of value in this. Just doing this right here, and and I you know I I hope. I hope people continue to listen more and more because what you guys are doing is amazing. So I just wanted to put that out there. So I didn't mean to cut you off, Chris, which no, I always do. I always cut you off. You're good. CWTV. You're good. You I just appreciate it. You are the best hype man. I just love it so much. If I'm ever having a bad day, call me. Like, let's go. go let's go. Pick me let's up. Have a conversation. Hey, yeah. you know when you lift somebody else up, guess what you do for yourself? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's 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 that it's, is true. It, you know, helps me out too. So yeah. Well, that's the thing is these. You said what? I hope we get something out of this. Like I, every after we record one of these, I always am like. Man, that was awesome getting to yes. just feel that passion for that yeah. somebody has yeah. about yeah. what they've done, and and it's it. So that's one of the main things I get out of it. Very so. cool. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Appreciate it, and uh, thank you for jumping on. You're welcome. Wow, Megan, just so glad we got to have Nima on the podcast because he has so much to offer, and he does he gives so much of his time and his effort. And I hope that the people listening to this that do know him through the Cash and Wildcat TV realize that that's not his full-time job. He does that for free um, just to really put a spotlight on our school and our kids in our community. And it's just a great thing that he gets to do. And he's so successful in his field of, of expertise and just being able to get to listen to him and listen to some of the things that he's learned along his way. Uh, is I hope really helps the next person out and, and helps inspire them to be better because it inspires me to be better 
every time I get to sit down with him. So anyway, glad we got to have him on. Yeah, Chris, really enjoyed getting to talk with Nima. He's so uplifting and very organized. I know if I'm feeling down or if I need some guidance, Nima will probably be at the top of the list to reach out to. Just really great guy overall and glad he sat down with us. Well, that does it for the 13th episode of the Legacy Builder Podcast. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Nima as much as I did. Uh, You know, I get to talk and and pick his brain a lot just because of the friends we are. But, you know, that legacy that he is leaving of being a great father and a great husband and a great person in the community is, is awesome. And he's living up to that. But you know what? One of the best things that I think that I'm going to remember about Neiman Bobby is the fact that he wants people around him to succeed, and he is there to help those people around him to succeed. And he is willing to really, if you're willing to do the work, he's re- willing to do the work as well. And whenever he does anything, he does it to the best of his ability, and he puts 110% into the things that he is associated with so you know Nima is just a great friend and a great person in our community that I appreciate and all of the things that he gives to uh, me and to the community we appreciate him and we want to say thank you to him so with that I will leave you with what I leave you at the end of every episode of the Legacy Builder podcast and that is What is your legacy? Because we are all legacy builders.